0: Be a light, not a judge, be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. Oh man, am I excited for this one. David Meltzer's on a mission to empower over 1 billion, yes, that's billion with a B, people to be happy. He is a three-time international best-selling author, he's a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of entrepreneur's number one digital show called Elevator Pitch, and he's the host of the entrepreneur podcast The Playbook. As if that's not enough, he's also the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and he formerly served as CEO for the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which In case you don't know, that agency and that agent was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. And David is quickly tracking toward his mission by providing one thing more than anything else, and that one thing is value. And you'll see on this episode exactly what I'm talking about because this one is chocked full of nuggets. On the show, we talk about why we should pay attention to the fact that everything vibrates. He shares why advice from the people that we love most is often the advice we should not take. And he also says that we should vote for what we want, not what others want for us. David passionately shares his insights about the power of receiving. I love this concept. And that we should allow receiving to come through us so that we can serve others. He also talks about some lessons he learned in childhood, including lessons that he's had as young as three years old, that if we apply these lessons consistently, they can have life-changing impact. He also shares five best practices that will allow you to take control of your values, attract what you want in life, take immediate action, and put a stop to fear. He also highlights the four steps of the ferocious Buddha, and he offers a very specific and tactical approach to canceling the negative thoughts that we have every day. As you could tell, this one packs a punch. So let's jump into the conversation with David Meltzer. David, thank you for being on Inside Out. You
1: got it, man. This is my kind of show. I appreciate you taking the time to allow me to share some wisdom.
0: I'm just going to start with a quote, and the quote is an Einstein quote, and the quote is everything in life is vibration. You talk a lot about vibration. When did you first realize that everything vibrates and why is it so important to understand this reality?
1: Well, when I was running Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, I was on my way to India and I met a medical doctor who asked me if I was okay. And I was arrogant at the time. I was lost in my own way. And I said, yeah, of course, you know, I am. And she asked me if i meditated. I told her I have no time to meditate. I'd grown up with nothing, made everything myself, only broke, drunk, high people who live on their mom's couch, they meditate. I make things happen. And she said, oh, that's too bad. I could teach you to vibrate faster through meditation. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, everything vibrates, the earth, plants, animals, humans, sound, light, and thought. And then she changed my world by saying, you know, you could only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you, and there's one thing that vibrates the fastest. I said, well, what's that? She said, the truth. I can vibrate mm. faster towards your potential and be aware of much more. Now, I wish I could tell you I was enlightened enough to say, oh, yeah, I'm all in. But she had to work <laughs> in my own language, in my own pragmatic vibration. She met me at my level by saying, hey, I could teach you to be aware of when to buy or sell." That was the catalyst. For me to get involved with theta meditation, with vibration and frequency, for the last 15 years I've been utilizing that as my cornerstone mechanism in which I raise my awareness to allow the universe to flow through me, to create simplicity out of complex things, which allows me to hopefully become aware of more of what Einstein understood because he and I share many, many quotes and philosophies and strategies in life.
0: Well, I know that you actually quote him a lot in your book. And I really appreciate all of the insights from Connected to Goodness, man. I need to reread it like 20 times. I I just need to play on repeat and listen to the audio because I'm an audiobook guy and I I listened to the entire thing from start to finish. And parts of it, I went back and I listened to it again. Your story about you laying in your bed in Rancho Santa Fe, this show is all about insights. And for someone who seemingly had it all, you realize that For the first time in your life, you weren't happy and you weren't fulfilled. Tell us why you felt that way when you really had built this place in this house where by all the outside considerations, you had it all.
1: Yeah, because I attached my emotions, talking about inside out, to outcomes. And when you attach your emotions to outcomes, even if the outcomes come, the happiness never comes with it. There's always more because we live in an expansive, accelerating universe. And so I had to switch my perspective of attaching my emotions to outward things, to inward things. And through a transition and a transformative period of my life, I learned to enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of my potential not attaching my enjoyment to the outcome in which I wish, which was I'll be happy when I graduate high school, college, or law school. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I make my first million. So basically there was three worlds, which I uh, transitioned from number one world, was a world of not enough. Born Akron, Ohio, single mom, six kids. She worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag and filled up turnstiles at the seven eleven with greeting cards. And although I was happy, I lived in a world of not enough. I was a victim. Mm-hmm. I was a why me person. Why did they have that? Why me? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to? Why can't I just go to summer camp? Why, why? And then as I became a millionaire nine months out of law school, I moved into a world which ended in that Rancho Santa Fe moment of just enough. I was living in a world of just enough for me. And it's an empty, shallow world when everything's for you because you buy more things to be happy. You buy different things to be happy. You buy other things to be happy. You buy things you don't need to be happy. You buy things to impress people you don't even like to be happy. And you end up unhappy. And that's the world of just enough. And then Through a period of transformation from that one catalyst of moving into a house that I really didn't want, that I didn't need, that was to impress other people that I didn't even like, I ended up (laughs) understanding... I wanted to live in a world of abundance. I wanted to live in a world of more than enough. I wanted things not to happen to me or for me, but through me for others. I don't want to just give to receive for accolades and judgments and conditions and all types of acknowledgement. I want not to trade things in my life or negotiate for them. I want to live in the flow of connected to the greatest source of light, love and lessons connected to this unbelievable abundance connected to and live within limitlessness and infinity for just an instant of a second to understand that everything comes through me for others with appreciation, gratitude and my values added to it. But I receive so I can give. I don't give to receive.
0: as you've said, money doesn't buy happiness. It rents the hell out of it. And so it's temporary, brother. It's temporary. And it's not something that we can keep for very long by itself. You you talk about attachment. And one of the animals that you've looked at for symbolism is a lizard. Tell us why a lizard is symbolic in your life. And when you see it, what does it mean?
1: You know, it's so interesting because I see so many things. Today I'm seeing feathers lately, which is really? symbolic for angels. So I found more of the lesson is not what the lizard means to me, it's the attention plus intention that you give to the awareness of repetition or patterns in your life. And so oh. utilizing, for example, the feather or the lizard is that I went from not noticing things, not raising my vibration or awareness, to paying attention to when I have repetition or patterns in my life, either consciously, subconsciously, or even now in a quantum nature in determinative DNA that I've inherited either ancestrally from four generations, great grandparents, grandparents, the parents to me, or even more importantly, lifetimes of just what has been programmed that I need to either stop the chain of activity that I don't want in my life or adjust or activate new activity that I do. For me to be quite candid, right, I forget what the lizard meant because it's not pattern in my life so can you share share with me again i know it's in my book
0: well it's it's about letting go right because their tail there it, it falls off, off. right oh yeah exactly. it's about letting go
1: and i think it's a cool lesson too you know i've written many books and there's so many little things that i forget that i've written but that falls within the context of one of the most important things that i have read which is the rules of life in sanskrit one of the first written mm-hmm. rules of life, which starts that I am a body, right? I, I am a mirror of myself and others. Le- life is about lessons, and the lessons will keep on coming until I learn them. They'll result in pain until I return them. But rule 11 of, of the 12 rules is I will forget every lesson I've ever learned. So yeah. <laughs> I think as I get older, it's not that my memory is shorter. For me, it's I don't know what I don't know and that I have to be humble enough to allow things to come through me. Half the time, I'm just channeling information. But the bigger lesson of the lizard to me was not that things fall away or fall off, but more importantly, that you look for and raise your awareness by the patterns and, and different things that are occurring and be more interested than interesting. Go ahead. If you don't know what a word means, Google it. Things were much more difficult when you and I were younger to be more interested than interesting because you, mm-hmm. you had to go grab a dictionary or you had to go to the library to and It's like, <laughs> right. You know, like today I, I I'm so frustrated with people because, you know, I live with lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. And I'm like, do you know how much is accessible to you? Because the 12th rule, 11 is you will forget every lesson, but the 12th rule is you have the power to access every lesson at any time even ones you may not know. And we have that capability In a handheld today, some wearables today, someday it'll be insertable and we'll just be enhancing like a hard drive, our own minds to be able to access more hard drive data.
0: Well, the kids of today have no excuse. If they're not near a dictionary, then they're probably not living on planet Earth. And I'll give you some grace, brother, because I read the book over the weekend. You wrote it probably seven years ago. I think it was released in 2014. So, yes, you're not going to remember every lesson you've learned nor every lesson you've taught. You've learned a lot from your family from your brother. You talked about interested rather than interesting. Your grandfather and obviously make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. I mean, I love that as a through line for your life. Your mother is very special to you. She's somebody that she's obviously given you life, but she raised you and your five siblings to be amazing people, your siblings, the all Ivy leaguers, and, you know, you were going to be a a doctor, a lawyer or fail. Right. So, you know, sometimes we learn things from people. They always have our best interest at heart. And sometimes we learn things in weird ways. I know your mother wasn't terribly pleased that you took the immediate trajectory in your life. And I want to go back to that insight when she said, you're not going to be a real lawyer. and, And tell me a little bit about what that meant to you when she said that to you and how it, made your pivot and i know nine months later you're a millionaire you're buying her the house that you always wanted to buy her talk about that insight and your
1: mom and what she means to you you know it's so interesting because that lesson which i'm always looking for is just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice and as Mm -hmm. you know from the book as i do remember My mom loves me too much, right? Like most Jewish moms have been lied to about how smart, handsome, and talented I am my entire life. But there are also judgments and conditions that come with that in the family that I'm in, hyper-academic, intelligent family that have certain cultural values that can be placed upon you to vote for what you, don't want. You know, I think the biggest tragedy of most people's lives is they vote for either what people that love them, their friends and families want for them, or worse, they vote for what they don't want. And when they get what they don't want or what their family and friends want for them, they end up unhappy. And mm. so the first time I've ever been motivated to vote for what I wanted was when I had a feeling, an intuition, that I was the internet was not going to be a fad. My mom actually mm. said the internet was a fad <laughs> You got to be a real lawyer. Ironically, I went to law school, as you know, I want to be a professional football player and Christian Okoye, he ran me over and I was lying on my back and I remember lying on my back. The man stepped on me, by the way, and I remember thinking, doctor, lawyer, failure, and I immediately tried to figure out how to be a doctor and then realized (laughs) that that law was much better aligned with my own capabilities, skills, knowledge, and desire. But yes, huge lesson for everyone. If you're going to take away a few, you've heard several times Be more interested than interesting. Two, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Vote for what you want in your life. They will laugh at you. They'll make fun of you. They'll doubt you, scoff at you, and worry about you. I don't know which one's worse out of that list. But eventually, if you vote for what you want, they will applaud you and i have proven that again and again from wanting to play college football to my first career in selling legal research online to raising hundreds of millions of dollars in the internet in the silicon valley to running the first smartphone in the world to running lee steinberg sports and entertainment becoming an author a speaker an executive coach a tv producer a movie producer and now my personal brand on digital content I think has provoked, especially with my mission of empowering over a billion people, more laughter, criticism, scoffing, et cetera. And here I am three and a half, years later, and I've never been applauded so much or so loudly when I faced the biggest adversaries, the people who cared most about me telling me, who do you think you are? Tony Robbins? What do you think you are? Jesus? (laughs) And I said, no, and the internet's not a fad either, but I'm going to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential of empowering the whole world to be happy. And I'm well on my way.
0: Well, the closest people to us feel a sense that they can Say things that maybe there's a comfort because they are close to us and they say things. Speaking of people that are close to you, I, and by the way, as a fellow five seven man who wanted to play professional sports, I relate. I was a baseball guy. I went all the way to college and, you know, I thought I could be pro, but I did have a rude awakening when I saw the six foot four guys all around me smashing the ball over the fence. So totally relate to that as well. I want to talk about DNA for a minute and I want to talk about the impact your grandmother had on you. I know we're going way back here, but you you said you were bored. I'm bored, grandma. And she says, stupid people get bored. Smart people figure out things to do. And that changed you. And you you say it changed you on at a DNA sort of cellular level. Quantum. Your neural pathways. Yeah. So tell, tell us about that. How does that work?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was working through some issues as I went through my transformation. And this doctor that I was working with, the one that taught me to meditate, said that i carried an energy that i was stupid and i told her you're crazy i might be insecure about my height my nose you know other things in my life i'm very secure in my intelligence although i'm not quite as academic as my siblings i've never really felt inadequate on the basketball court completely inadequate but never was i insecure about my academic or intelligence so what are you talking about she said no no you think you're smart in fact you're projecting you're smarter than you are because you carry an energy that you're stupid. It started when I was little because my siblings were so hyper-academic. I became inferior in my mind and energy. And then my grandmother would consistently, because I was you know, bored, say, bored people are stupid. And I would carry, and it built within your own quantum being. When you have consistent behavior, it is a hard drive, your DNA. It's a quantum mm. being. And it can also carry over from four generations. It can carry over from lifetimes, but you have to be well aware of your energy because there's so many people that live their life. And this is a huge thing that happens. And and especially my executive coaching, I deal with it a lot. You can think, say, do, and believe all the right things, but the same stuff keeps happening in your life. Those are the patterns. Those are the lizards right. that you have to look for. You know, why is it? And it works both ways, by the way. You know, we all know the big idiots in the world that thinks they do and believe the wrong things, but they keep attracting all the good stuff into their life because it's quantum. It's a higher frequency. Now, if they keep continually doing the wrong things, it could shift and activate different DNA and change that either this lifetime later on, which is more likely than future lifetimes, but it could happen. So if you see like a big idiot out there that has everything, you have to realize that they may be put in some great Good deeds and done and thought and said and done all the things for multiple lifetimes, or their great grandparents, grandparents, and parents put in the work. So they were programmed to carry out a calling signal, a frequency that's attracting the right things in their life, even though they're thinking, saying, and doing all the wrong things. Or if you in your life are thinking, saying, and doing all the right things, but you're not getting what you want, go ahead, you email me because I know exactly how to shift that energy. I've done it for myself and I've been in habitual energy quantum natures that have brought those patterns, good ones and bad. And I keep the good and I change the bad.
0: Yes. And the the pattern piece right there is just absolutely critical for us to be self-observant, to recognize when we're seeing common themes in our lives. And I think that is why mindfulness and self being self-observant is such a powerful asset to have. But at the same time, people don't necessarily, when we say this, they don't always receive it, right? And I think people have a hard time receiving things. Talk a little bit about that because you, you've talked about the power of receiving and it could be something like knowledge or it could be something like a compliment or things like that. Why is receiving, we all know giving is important, but why is receiving also important?
1: I think receiving is the most important thing because we can't give what we don't have. One of the great shifts in paradigms of my life is I believed the more that I gave, the more I would receive. Well, that becomes a trade and negotiation, a matter of scarcity of limited mm. quantity. Quit go pro. Yeah. In a matter of, you know, transition for me was I'm gonna just focus in on receiving with the good intention of what I'm gonna receive, I'm gonna give away. And when I did that, it got rid of so much interference, guilt, offense, resentment, all of the different energy that exists when we feel bad, not worthy of receiving. A lot of energy that I carried was not worthy and partly because my mom sacrificed so much. She invested so much in us. I just talked about this the other day, I don't know if you've heard of Cameo, but you know, people pay me $100 to take 30 seconds to videotape something for them. You know, happy birthday from David Meltzer. And I'm thinking $100 for 30 seconds, I've made $100,000 for a speech before. My mom made $17,000 a year, so she had to work two jobs teaching second grade at a private school. $17,000 a year, and I stepped on stage for 45 minutes and made 100 grand. I had worthy problems, right? Mm -hmm. And I could never have received that before. I I would always downplay how much I would charge. I would always, but once I realized, you know what? That hundred thousand is gonna go, I'm not gonna keep a penny of it. It's all going through me for others. So I feel super good, way better than giving $10,000 to charity receiving $100,000, giving that value to others and giving the $100,000 away. More you receive, the more you can give, including gratitude, forgiveness, health, and accountability. I have a great saying during COVID, people are like, hey man, stop talking about smiling through struggles. Stop talking about how great things are. I'm like, look bro, let me just tell you this. I can't be poor enough to make you rich, but I promise you one thing, I can be rich enough to make you rich. That is Guaranteed. And I can't be sick enough to make you well, but I can be well enough to make you well. So there's a lot to be said about receiving first with the good intention of allowing to come through you for others. And you
0: mentioned gratitude as you were speaking. And I know that's another through line in your life and something that you've really focused on is being grateful. How do you ensure that with all the successes that you've had in your life, I know you've talked about your younger years being really fueled by ego. And I think a lot of us have been through that. And today though, you got your beads on your wrist and and maybe you could talk about those, but then also I'd love to hear your thoughts, just having gratitude.
1: It's so cool because as you know, the brand has grown and the reach has grown, the two biggest impactful things that I teach, I learned before I was probably three. One is to say thank you before I go to bed and when I wake up, if you want to change your life, I guarantee it 30 days. If you say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up, It'll change your life, guaranteed. It's an amazing thing, though. As much as everybody knows that to be true, as much as it's true, by tonight... Half the people that hear this won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half won't. And by three days, almost all of us won't say thank you. I've studied quantum physics, metaphysics, and physics. I am considered a world thought leader. I sit on the Transformational Leadership Council with Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and all these amazing Lisa Nichols and Reverend Beckwith. Everyone agrees gratitude is the most powerful light, love, and lesson of all. And yet, everyone will get in their own way and won't say it. The second thing is just asking for help. I think back before I was three, the first two lessons I learned basically were like, now say thank you. Okay, (laughs) ask for what you want. Use big boy words, ask for what you want. Well, those two grandiose lessons will change your life beyond any complex physics, metaphysics, or quantum physics formulas, energy, vibration, frequency. Just say thank you and ask for what you want, and you will unbelievably get and receive what you want and be able to give that away as well.
0: Why do people not listen and how can they change? If somebody's listening to this right now and we just called them out, you called them out, I'm going to call them out also. They hear it, they even believe it, but they're not going to do it. What's your advice for somebody to flex that muscle because it is something that if you practice enough that it becomes I think easier. Yeah. Curious what your thoughts are.
1: 5 daily practices. One Practice taking inventory of your values every day. Don't be afraid of being a hypocrite and changing your mind. That's growing accelerating. Two, as I stated, ask and attract. Ask how you can be of service and value and learn the question, do you know anybody that can help me? Three, be a student of your calendar. Learn the formula of luck. Attention plus intention equals coincidence. Study what you have planned, what you don't have planned, and the sleep. Use the lens of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. Do things now. of the things you do now get done. The difference between successful people and others is successful people get shit done. Finally, most importantly, practice ending fear know the four steps of the ferocious buddha one identify when you're afraid and what you're afraid of primary and secondary fears i know i still carry the need to be right the need to be offended the need to be separate inferior superior anxious frustrated worried guilty resentful all of those needs of the ego just send me in the wrong trajectory with void shortages and obstacles but if i can learn to be a ferocious buddha and be ferocious and stopping and identifying the primary and secondary fears and then dropping like you did before we started this interview and breathing through our nose, out through our minds, finding neutrality, increasing the flow between me and the greatest source of light, love and lessons to allow it to come through me with appreciation, gratitude and my values and give it away, then I can roll in the right trajectory. Remember, pain's an indicator, it's not a stop sign, it's a turn signal. It's telling you you got a lesson to learn to get to a better place in a better direction. It Mental, physical, emotional, financial pain, just an indicator that you have a lesson to learn. So use that to move in the right trajectory. When you are in ego-based consciousness, when you are in fear, you're on fire your mind body soul on fire so be a ferocious buddha identify what you're afraid of and stop drop and roll
0: hang on a second i gotta pick the mic up from the floor it just went through it (laughs) i want to talk about the fact that we have tens of thousands of thoughts that flood our brain every day most of which 70 80 percent are negative you have a technique that you use to cancel those out can you talk about that
1: yeah cancel clear connect so consciously If I'm surrounded or inundated, especially today with thoughts and ideas that are negative, people that are negative, I out loud or in my mind just say cancel. Now, if they reoccur, then I know they're in my subconscious. So then I use the stop, drop, and roll methodology of breathing through my nose, out through my mouth, and clearing my mind. And then if it still comes up, then I clear the connection between me and the great source of light, love, and lessons, and shift my energy by focusing and finding the light, love, and lessons in the negativity and practicing that for months and sometimes years in order to make that quantum shift of that DNA that we were talking about. Cancel, clear, connect. If anyone wants my book, it's all in there. I will give it to you for free. Everyone can have it. David at dmeltzer.com. Free trainings on Friday to empower a billion people. David at dmeltzer.com. And I got a text community that everybody can join. 949-298-2905.
0: Yeah. Thank you for doing that. You you beat me to the punch, but yeah, you're also, you know, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, TikTok, everything at uh, David Meltzer. Don't confuse David with the wrestling David Meltzer. I was going to make a joke at the front of the call, but no. And by the way, let me just say this. You know, I listened to your book and, and it wasn't you that narrated it the audiobook I'm listening to you now and I'm thinking man I want I want that I want you and I know it takes time but brother you you just got the voice that connects with people and I just got to say how grateful I am check out all of his books I read connected to goodness unbelievable book. Again, listen to it or read it over and over and over again. It is absolute gold. His podcast, the playbook podcast, another stellar thing. They do the replays of the Friday training. So check out that Friday training. It's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You could, again, check that out at dmelter.com forward slash training. What a fantastic way for anyone who found value in this to get more of the goodness that you're sharing. So David, thank you so much for your time and for all the insights that you shared on this episode of Inside Out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. Your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.